Friday. Welcome back to WasKidCurry.com. And this week's view from my wheelchair. I've actually been home from the hospital a couple of weeks now. It took me some time to try to figure out how to get settled in. Um, I was supposed to be there for like four weeks, but we got it cut down to two weeks. My wife had some construction people come in and make some changes to the house so that I could get out of there. I love the hospital time, love the people, but I think I heal faster at home. So uh, insurance wanted me out, nurses wanted me out, I wanted out, so I came home a couple weeks ago uh, to get settled in here. But it still took me three days to figure out how to get into bed because we hadn't planned that very well. But I uh, got it figured out, uh, can use my toilet, can use the shower, so everything's been going pretty well here. But I did promise some people that I give them an update. I have some stories I need to talk about and some people I need to thank for my time in the hospital and rehab hospital. Now, this was not a life-threatening surgery, a simple rotator cuff repair, uh, bicep reattachment, tendon reattachment. Tendon's going to take longer to heal because there's no blood flow there, but I'm ready for this. It's normally a two-day affair for most people. They normally just operate then send you home. But in my case, because of my MS, that puts me down to one limb. I'm a one-arm paper hanger with MS. I got no legs. And that don't work with my wife. She's not big enough to put me up and down. So someone had to take care of all of my needs. So that's why I went into the rehab hospital. Surgery took place at the UC Health Medical Center of the Rockies, run by the University of Colorado. The procedure performed by Dr. Eric Young. Thank you, Dr. Eric. Uh, he's the big shoulder guy around here. I don't remember a whole lot. We had to get started at 3 o'clock in the morning. I remember them deciding which vein they were going to use. I fell asleep. My wife had everything under control. And I just remember her kissing me and saying, okay, see you when you get done. And I went away into procedure land, which I didn't know this, but it's done arthroscopically and done sitting up. There are three insertion points here, two in the front, one in the back, only a couple of stitches. Uh, but I was foggy afterwards, man, for a couple of days. I remember my wife having to sleep in a chair next to me in recovery, which really bugged me. Uh, by night number two, though, we finally asked how to use the pull-out bed. But once again, very foggy. Night number one, I remember Heavenly was my first overnight nurse. Heavenly, that's not a joke. That was her name, Heavenly. I don't mean to profile here or stereotype, but Miss Heavenly was heavily tatted and pierced. I immediately assumed it was her name that had done that to her. I had a name people made fun of when I was a kid. You don't call a guy Kim in Colorado in the 60s. They called me Casey. That was my initials. So I asked, hey, how'd you get that name? And what the hell was your mom thinking? And she turned around and looked at me like, this guy gets it. So she told me her whole story. Her mom was like a hippie and uh, one day was talking to God and God said, you know, you need to name this kid Heavenly. Parents have no clue what they do to their kids when they do stupid things like that. But we talked long enough. She let me know how tough it had been for her. But like I said, we connected. I told her she should be very proud of where she is in life. And what she was doing is in no way an easy gig. Heavenly, you're probably never going to hear this. But you got a big fan here, okay? We ended as friends. Okay, uh, there was a daytime nurse. Don't remember her name, but I remember thinking she could be from Miami because she was tall, had long, dark hair, and a ponytail down to the middle of her back. Uh, I don't know if this really happened, but I thought she had told me she had been an ER nurse and was planning to continue to become a doctor, a very smart woman. 
Unfortunately, though, she was there at the time when my body thought it was time for my first daily constitutional. Because I was still recovering, very much on drugs, with only one arm, she couldn't leave me alone. I am a fall risk. So I say, hey, I got to go. And she gets me up out of bed in this Sarah people mover thing. Uh, she helps me stand up, puts some flaps under my cheeks, and they move me over to the throne, sit me down. And she takes a couple steps back and says, okay. And I'm like, okay, go on out. She says, I can't leave you alone. You're a fall risk. I didn't realize I was going to have an audience. So a quick couple minutes later, I was like, okay, false alarm. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that there with her standing there. But I was on opioids, man. It didn't really matter. I was out of it. I probably didn't have to go. It was just my body playing tricks on me. But I remember the hospital had really good cable. They had a really good fruit, granola, and yogurt breakfast parfait. It's really kind of all I really remember. And the fact that my wife had to sit up all night and sleep next to me in a chair, that bugged me. But hospital stay number one, out of the way, everything was good. I did get home on April 5th to a get well card from two of the other nurses who took care of me over there. So I could be talking about prep nurse Haley or orthoneuro nurse Amy. But no matter what, ladies, thank you very much. So then a bed becomes available at the Northern Colorado Rehabilitation Hospital. Uh, still very foggy on really good doctor drugs. And they set up a transfer, and this guy named Andrew shows up to strap me in the back of a van for the ride. Looked to be in his late 20s, and because I'm toasted and I need to talk to somebody, I strike up a conversation. Hey, where are you from? What brought you here? And his story started out like this. My parents abandoned me. I ended up in foster care in a variety of different homes. Never a pleasant situation. By the time I was 15, that home was so bad, I just ran away and was homeless. But I stayed in school, and he made it to college, and now he works here at the rehabilitation hospital. I think he's in documentation, paperwork, or something like that, but they needed someone to step up and come pick up a patient, so he just decided to get in the van and come pick me up. Seemed like we connected. I told him to be very proud of himself. From where he'd come from, he'd done a really good job, so... It was nice to meet you, Andrew. Once again, you'll probably never hear about this. I get into room number one, and it's Nurse Carolyn. Now, she looked like a former jock. She looked like an athlete to me. And sure enough, later on, I found out she played women's hoops, women's basketball for my alma mater, the University of Southern Colorado in Pueblo, when I went there, it was Southern Colorado State College. Then it became University of Southern Colorado. Then and now it's Colorado State University in Pueblo. And we were deep into March Madness at that time, so she and I had lots to talk about. But they had to move me because I needed a left-hand predominant room because that's all I had. So I lose Nurse Carolyn. But I kept running into her throughout the whole stay there. At 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm getting coffee. And Carolyn's walking in. I'm saying, hey, did you hear the Yukon girls got beat? She stopped in her tracks. What? So it was nice to talk to you, Carolyn. Uh, so they get me into a new room. They get me all settled, uh, different nurses, different assistants. I get to meet Dr. Aragante. Now, she's the doctor who will be in charge of my stay. Uh, she goes out of the room, and the conversations begin between me and the nurses. Uh, where are you from? What do you do? 
Well, you know, I'm from Southern Colorado. Got a job in Knoxville at the age of 22, and six months after that, ended up in Miami. And I was there for 25 of 33 years, and I was on the radio. And this little nurse turns around and says, "Wait, was that the 70s?" Uh huh. I was in Fort Lauderdale in the 70s, and I said, "Well, then you know why 100." She says, "Oh, it was my favorite," and and I boldly said, "Well, I'm Kid Curry." And fortunately, she went, no way. So she sounded like the kind of kid who would call in to the bed check, and I reminded her of that. She says, yeah, I probably did. So then she says, who was that other guy? Uh, I said, Sonny Fox, Tanner. And she says, oh, Tanner in the morning. So that was pretty neat tea. So we're talking about Y100, all that stuff. About the same time, they start checking my blood pressure. And nurse assistant Ed looks up at nurse Lisa and says, 210 over 120. At that point, everything stopped. Nurse Lisa says, everybody out. We're not talking to him about radio anymore. And my wife takes my phone, shuts me off. Uh, by that time, I think I talked to Frank Reed and Ronnie Pemberton, but that was it. And they shut me out totally. It took a couple of days, but after the surgery, after all the drugs got out of my system, after I finally pooped a couple times, my blood pressure got kind of back to normal. Get up, have some coffee, some breakfast, hit rehab. Then I go to lunch and hit rehab again. And after all of that, my wife would show up to give me a shower. We eat dinner with my kids. We had Biagi's, P.F. Chang's, the Bent Four, Qdoba. It was awesome food, so I didn't have to eat at the hospital all the time. However, hospital food is pretty good. I went into this thing thinking self-hypnosis. I wanted to get my body to try to heal itself as quickly as I can. So as of night number one, I found YouTube audio on self-healing techniques, listened to those things all night long. They focused on the actual insertion, the actual cut of the muscle, the repair, and how those corpuscles and veins had to all come back together. So I listened to them ad nauseum for like a week and a half till they gave me like the fingernails down the chalkboard thing. Although, can you even say fingernails down the chalkboard anymore? But when I got tired of listening to those, I listened to the sound of rain and thunder, some jungle noise to help me sleep because sleep heals. Through all of this, there were actually two Nurse Lisas, the Y100 Nurse Lisa, and then there was the other Nurse Lisa. She may have been my favorite. Very smart woman, very aware of my situation, and came and rescued me at a time I really needed some help. So thank you, Nurse Lisa. Uh, there was Nurse Jackie. Yeah, she really was Nurse Jackie. Nurse Betty, Nurse Julie, all interesting people, all their assistants, Sabrina Marie. I forgot names, okay? But aside from waking me up every two or three hours for blood pressure, pills, or blood tests, you all were there for me when I needed you. So thank you all very much. Now, the therapy part of this thing begins. It's really twofold. It's the obvious shoulder rehab, which ends up being pretty basic because at this stage after the operation, I can only do a couple things. Straighten out my arm and do these pendulum things where I swing my arm under me. But remember, man, MS doctors are the ones who told me to get into rehab before the operation because they wanted the shoulder to be built up a little bit further. Plus, they needed to remind everybody that not only do I need shoulder therapy, but somebody needs to watch my MS situation, whether it be my spasticity, my balance, whatever. So that's when I meet Michael from Australia. 
Michael is a distance runner. My first contact there, the first person who checked with me uh, when I got into the hospital, as a matter of fact. He got the rest of the therapy staff updated on what I needed. Michael, a real nice guy. And his name was Michael Jackson. They didn't let me know that till after I got in the hospital. They call him MJ. Somebody said, Michael, I was talking to somebody. They said, ah, what does Michael know? His toilet flushes backwards. So <laughs> that's what your friends think of you, pal. So MJ, outpatient therapy. But now, after I was in the hospital, I was inpatient therapy. So that brought me Amber and Rebecca, Kevin, Carissa, Terry, Yannette, Nick. I probably forgot a bunch. All of them working on my shoulder, but... It was pretty limited to what I could do there, so they spent a lot of time working on my MS balance and muscle spasticity. Thank you very much. My MS doctors told me that if these therapy guys do this stuff right, I may come out even better, and it happened. When I got out of rehab, I had better balance than I had in 10 years. I used that just for men shampoo, colored my hair a little bit, so I came out better balanced, looking like I was 52 instead of 62. So it was, uh, it was a good stay. First therapist named was Amber, a real perfectionist, really knows her job, uh, explained everything she was doing and how it was going to help me all the time. Kind of like the consciousness of the rehab team. If somebody's not doing the procedure correctly, she'll stop and say, excuse me. But I like that about you, Amber. Then there was Rebecca, an Amber clone. In fact, patients were getting confused all the time. Rebecca was with someone for three hours straight. And the very next day, that patient said to Rebecca, so who was that girl who was with me yesterday? Had her confused with Amber. So then there was Nick. I called him Nick the Animal Fletcher after a wrestler I was a fan of in the 60s. Nick, an immigrant from Poland, ended up in Chicago, which has a huge Polish population. He married a Polish woman. Nick, very deep, had a bunch of different jobs before he became a physical therapist. But I rooted for Gonzaga, the Zags, in the NCAA Hoops final because of their 7-foot-1-inch Polish center who basically <laughs> lost the game for the Zags. So, eh, Nick, whatever. Yannette, Yannette, Yanne, Yannette. Now, she was interesting because she came to CSU, the college up here, running track, the 100 meters. She looked like a gazelle. She continues to run track now professionally. I think she runs the hurdles for Nike. Those are my inpatient therapists I had to deal with, but for now, the real rehab begins with my shoulder therapy being done here at my house. Dr. Young will progress me in his time. But all in all, I did pretty good in my little two-week vacation stay at the hospital, and as I worried earlier, this procedure was going to reveal more problems, and sure enough, this time next year, I'm going to be in there doing my left shoulder, so I'll be back, everyone. This was a real rehab hospital, okay? The, there was only one person younger than me, and she disappeared when they had to take her in to reattach part of her skull. I didn't see her after that. The first person I met was Irene. Irene from New York. like talking to Phyllis Poulos, man. And she kept saying, first thing when I get out of here, I got to have a cigarette. Uh, Phyllis doesn't smoke anymore, though, and that's a good thing. So Irene doesn't necessarily matter because she's stage four and a couple of different things. But I loved Irene. She was very cool. There was a guy named Casey, a serious player, though. You could tell he had rings, a nice watch, kind of like all the stuff <laughs> Cox would wear. On the first day, I ate lunch with Frederick. Fred, they kept calling him. And under his breath, he said, it's Frederick. So I went and I found all the therapists and nurses, and I said, please call him Frederick. 
Frederick in the 60s and 70s was in advertising, did print ads for a chain of stores in Tennessee, Arkansas, or something like that. But he lit up when he found out I was in radio, and he wanted to talk about his advertising job. It was pretty neat. The real hero here, of course, once again, my wife. Didn't leave my side for the first 48 hours, barely slept. She wiped my face, my nose, and other places. She fed me, put up with my drug-induced humor. After we got into the rehab hospital, she finally got some time to check on Casey, who had stayed at the house here with a friend that we had spending the night with her. In the mornings when she didn't have to work, she was there all day long with me. On the other days, she would take Casey to school, then she'd go home and work all day, and then she'd go pick up Casey, come back, give me a shower, get me dinner, so I didn't have to eat hospital food, but it wasn't bad, I promise. She's there now even when I need someone to scoop up things under my fork as I'm learning how to eat with my left hand. Gets me in the shower, gets me on the potty, gets me dressed, puts on my socks, and things like that. After it's over, I tell her, are you ready for a nap? Because it's tough to get me dressed. She packs me up because she insists on not leaving me around the house. We go out to dinner. She gets me in the car, which... She has to bend my legs, gets me out of the car, in the wheelchair, in the restaurant. She starts moving the the chairs around so I can eat with my left hand. You know, I I can't thank you enough, honey. Then she checks on Casey's homework all the time, gets her to school, gets her to horse lessons. Then she works her normal job. It's a really good job where she teaches real estate agents how to make even more money all around the world. But I'm home now. Things are getting back to normal for us, eating our normal food although we're kind of practicing for master chef as I yell out to my sous chefs, here's how you make that. And then they try to cook it for me. And my wife and my kid have limited knife skills. And one of my wife's clients sent a box of Girl Scout cookies that we didn't open up till I got home. They were not the same as those we bought here. It was different packaging, bigger cookies, better texture. I loved it. They don't all come from the same Girl Scout cookie planet. Surprise, surprise. And I said, my wife uh, insists on getting me out. Third night home, we went over to Dominic's to have my favorite food. So all in all, special thanks to everybody in the operating room, nurses in recovery, Dr. Young at the Medical Center of the Rockies, Nurse Lisa, Nurse Lisa, Amber, MJ, Nick, Rebecca, Nurse Jackie, all of you, Dr. Aragante, the Northern Colorado Rehab Hospital. I was the only one with an electric wheelchair. I needed to learn how to drive with my left hand. They were like, slow down. I'm like, no. I've only got about another week in this immobilizer sling thing that I'm wearing. It's kind of like having a couch wrapped around your neck and your arm stuffed between the cushions. I can't wait to get out of this thing, but thank God for Febreze. And my wife tells me that every time she put an update on Facebook, we get about 100 likes in just a few minutes. So thank you all for being so very nice. Uh, share the website if you haven't already, okay, so I can get this story out about what, what happened to me out there. So... As I mentioned in the past, uh, I've come up with a way I want to handle my view from the wheelchair thing here. So I'll be working on that and get you some updates here in the next few days. Or maybe I won't. (laughs) In my time, please. I've been editing and producing everything with my left hand. That's the latest view from my wheelchair here at wascurry.com.